Welcome to The Cindy Rushton Show. Encouraging, empowering, and equipping as you step into your calling and life purpose. Here is your hostess, Cindy Rushton. Hello, I'm so excited to welcome you to this week's show. I hope you've had an amazing week. I have had a busy week. Um, besides moving from Florida back to Tennessee, uh, I've had a million things going on. And so, you guys, I hope your week has been as amazing as mine. I had a lot of amazing time with the Lord during the, the drive back and forth, back and forth. And I am now just maybe two or three bins away from being totally unpacked. I've got everything now reorganized, replanned. Uh, um, my, I'm working on my schedule and all the fun stuff that goes into place whenever we are doing a new thing. And so speaking of new, today's topic, I am really excited. It's a hot topic straight off my quiet times with God. And I think that this is going to be one that is going to really minister to your heart. Before we get started today, I do want to invite you to make sure that you are following our podcast. I am at all your favorite podcast places. And then of course, if you haven't been over to the website lately, I want to invite you to check out the website. I've got some new articles. I've got new things coming on every single week. So I do want to invite you to come over and visit me at my home on the web, which is at cindyrushton.com. Okay, I've mentioned new topic, and man, this is one that just makes my heart full because this is totally new. It's not that this is the first time God has spoke this to me. However, this topic is very hot off of my own personal times with God. Yes, you probably saw the title. It is Plan A. Plan A. I want to ask you something. Do you know that God has plans, plans literally from the foundation of the earth for you, for your life, for using your gifts and talents and bents and experiences? Yes, God has plans from the very foundation of the earth for you. Good plans, good, good plans. Well, Turn with me to Jeremiah 29. Yes, it's one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible, at least this week, right? (laughs) It is, um, here, here is what it says in the Amplified Bible. It says, for I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. Then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Look at this passage again in the Message Bible. I love it. It says here, I know what I'm doing. I have it all figured out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Yes, did you hear that? Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I will listen. When you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, yes, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. 
Is that powerful? Let me ask you something. Have you ever felt that somehow along the journey, you may have missed it and that you're off plan? I mean, really, let's get real here. Have you ever felt that maybe you messed up and somehow God has changed his mind about using you? I know myself, I've wondered that one. How about you? <gasps> Serious. That's, that's exactly what goes through our mind. Do, you, do things look vastly different than the way that you imagined that they would be? Yeah. Oh, I so get it. Can I tell you today that God has not changed his mind about his good plans for you and your life? No, he hasn't. You have never changed his mind. No. You haven't messed up so bad that he he has had to rethink your plan in his kingdom. You haven't missed an important turn in the path because you don't see the vision clearly. He hasn't skipped you for someone who's more qualified, more dependable, more a little younger, more talented, more experienced. You know what I'm saying here? No, he hasn't gotten tired of waiting for you. Nope. He is beautifully working in and through you to bring about his awesome plan A for your life. Yeah, this is not a plan B, C, D, Q, R, P in Cincinnati, I don't know. (laughs) No, it's not a, a substitute plan. He has plan A. And my friend, he does not change his plans for you. You know, I think we all wonder if maybe we've done crazy things that could certainly disqualify us. But let me let me share with you this amazing passage. Now, you may be familiar with Romans 8, verses 28 through 30, but I want to read it to you from the Passion Translation because I think this really answers all of those questions of are we the, are we going to be able to have plan A? Does God knowing how we are, knowing the things that we've done, knowing the steps that we've took off the path, could he use that? Could he use us? Yes. So listen to Romans 8:28 through 30 in the Passion Translation. It says so, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. Hold on just a minute. I just want for us to unpack that for half a second. Are we convinced? Like thoroughly convinced? I hope that by the end of this podcast you will be. But are you fully convinced that every detail, even those where you've missed it, maybe you're like me, I've had times where I've missed it and I did it intentionally knowing knowing better. But can I tell you, he says, it says here, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually, continually woven together for good. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us. Okay, come on now. For he knew all about us when? Before we were born and he destined us. I just want you to soak on that for a moment. He knew all about us. 
before we were born and he destined us. Mm. Yes, so we are convinced that in every detail of our lives, it is continually woven together for good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means that the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. Are you not quite sure how you measure up? Well, you're not alone. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 1 in the Message Bible. It is so good. Let's look at verses 5 through 10. And this is what, in verse 4, it starts with, this is what God said. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you, a prophet to the nations. This is what I had in mind for you. But I said, hold it, Master God looked at me. I don't know anything. I'm only a boy. God told me, don't say I'm only a boy. I will tell you where to go and you'll go there. I'll tell you what to say and you'll say it. Don't be afraid of a soul. I will be right there looking after you. God's decree. Then listen to what happens. God reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I've just put my words in your mouth. Hand delivered. See what I have done? I have given you a job to do among nations and governments, a red letter day. Your job is to pull up and tear down, take apart and demolish, then start over building and planting. Yeah, this is God's word to Jeremiah. And trust me, he would not have talked like this to Jeremiah, except that Jeremiah was doubtful that he could be used by God, just like you and I have those doubts back in the back of our mind. We weren't alone. Do you remember Moses? Judging by his response to his call at the burning bush, you would think he was totally inept and the very last choice for a great deliverer of his people from the Egyptian empire and its tyrannical Pharaoh. But look at Stephen's message in Acts 7, 20-53, and I want you to hang on with me on this one. Let me just give you backdrop to this. In Stephen's message, you know he is sitting there recapping the story of what God has done throughout time. And actually, this sermon that he's delivering, this is part of that sermon that he delivered. Right after this is when they stoned him to death because of what he was sharing. It was too much for them. So hang with me on this. This is really, really good. It's going to recap some things about Moses. And I'm going to stop along the way and share a couple of little thoughts. But yeah, Moses was just like us. But here's his story. Another king who had forgotten how Joseph had made their nation great arose to rule over Egypt. He was an abusive king who exploited our people with his smooth talk. With cruelty, he forced our ancestors to give up their little boys as he committed infanticide. Then Moses came on the scene, a child of divine beauty. 
His parents hid him from Pharaoh as long as they could spare his life. After three months, they could no longer conceal him, so they had to abandon him to his fate. But God arranged that Pharaoh's daughter would find him, take him home, and raise him as her own son. So Moses was fully trained in the royal courts and educated in the highest wisdom Egypt had to offer until he arose as a powerful prince and an eloquent orator. Ho, 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 ho. I hear a lot of times one of my personal pet peeves. Y'all want to hear about it? This is it. I do not know where people have possibly got the idea that Moses was a stutterer, where he was saying, I cannot speak, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you, that's one of my personal pet peeves because this is not what the Bible says. Here it says that Moses was fully trained in the royal courts and educated in the highest wisdom Egypt had to offer. By the way, it was a it was a world ruling empire at that time. And he was fully trained in those courts. He was fully trained with the highest wisdom that they could offer him. Get this, until he arose as a powerful prince and an eloquent orator. Okay? No stuttering there. An eloquent orator. So here's what happens. Why could he why did he feel like he wasn't the right one? Why did he feel like he was inept? Let me tell you, it was none of this. It was none of the things that we assume. Listen, I think that what was going on is what we're about to read. Listen to this. It says that when Moses turned 40, his heart was stirred for his people. Do you relate, my sweet friends? Does your heart stir for certain people? Do you have certain people on your heart that you just feel like that they really, if they just knew, if they just knew the power that they have in Christ, or if they just knew their calling and their purpose, or if they just knew how to do the very things that you want to teach them, that they would be set free? Well, here, Moses had a heart for his people. And it says here again, When Moses turned 40, his heart was stirred for his people, the Israelites. One day he saw one of our people being violently mistreated. So he came to the rescue and with his own hands, Moses murdered the abusive Egyptian. Moses hoped that when the people realized how he had rescued one of their own, that they would recognize him as their deliverer, how wrong he was. The next day, he came upon two of our people engaged in a fistfight, and he tried to break it up, saying, men, you are brothers. Why would you want to hurt each other? But the perpetrator pushed Moses aside and said, who do you think you are? Who who appointed you to be our ruler and judge? Are you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian yesterday? Listen, shaken by this, Moses fled Egypt. And he lived as an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Okay, so ho, 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 ho. Now, if you can get this backdrop to the burning bush, I believe this is going to help you to understand why he totally felt like no one would listen to him. No one was going to follow him. No one was going to respect him. It's because of these words. And of course, you can read more of this in Exodus. If you want to go back and do some extra homework, this is a great assignment. But think of yourself. Have you ever made a mistake trying to do things really kind of before their time or even in your flesh? I know I have. And it's not been pretty. And it's not moments I really want to face God on it. Although I know I carry God with me. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm sure Moses thought, okay, I'm going to go live as an exile on the backside of the desert. And I'm going to go just run, run away from this. What he could not do was run away from plan A. As much as God used Moses, you remember his first inclinations that he had? Remember in Exodus, the first inclinations he had? It was, oh God, pick someone else, not me. But you know what? But you know what? He was perfectly preserved, perfectly prepared, and perfectly positioned to be the one that God would use. And you guys, I believe you are as well. You measure up perfectly. You are perfectly preserved, prepared, and positioned for plan A. You may be thinking, oh, but I am not whatever you just fill your blank in. I understand that same ideology. Trust me. Because I myself even struggle with whether I am perfectly prepared. And yet, I hear God saying, you are not just perfectly prepared. I've done everything. I have preserved you. I have prepared you. I have positioned you. And I will empower you with every single thing you need to be a success in plan A. Plan A. You measure up perfectly. Or maybe you're like a few others. Let me ask you this. Are you scared of how people will respond to you? If you are, (laughs) you are among some of the finest vessels God has used all throughout history for the kingdom of God. There is a long, long line of God's vessels who are terrified to step into their calling. Think about Jacob. He wrestled all night with the Lord for a blessing, but he was terrified because you know what? He was afraid his brother was going to take him out. What about Jonah? Jonah, oh my goodness, he was so terrified to be used by God because you see, let me just give you a background on Jonah. You remember when he was called to go to Nineveh? Well, he had already gone to his people and given them a word that the Ninevites were going to be the ones destroying them if they did not do what God told them to do. So imagine Jonah, how afraid he was to step into his calling to go and speak to the Ninevites. I'm sure deep down somewhere inside of him, he thought, well, if they won't repent, maybe God will destroy them instead of destroying our people. And so what did he do? He hightailed the opposite direction, way opposite direction. Yeah, what about Jeremiah? Again, we just read from him. He was scared. Moses was scared. Think about Joshua. How many times in the very first chapter of Joshua does the Lord tell him to just be of good courage? Why would he have to say that? Well, I think that it has something to do with going in to take the land. The land that, that they knew there were giants in the land. They knew that there were people in the land. He knew that there were going to be battles to, to take that land. So I'm sure he was very, very terrified. What about you? Do you think so? I'm positive. What about Paul? Paul, I mean, think about Paul. Paul was so zealous. 
He was a Pharisee. He wasn't persecuting Christians just because he was a mean person. No, he did it because he believed that they were heretical, that their teachings were apostasy. So Paul, I'm sure he was terrified to have to deal with the very people that he had killed many of their loved ones. What about Esther? But let's take a quick look at her. This young girl was from a minority race and religion. She was made to be the queen of an obviously evil man. This was the king over the Medo-Persian Empire at the time. You're probably aware of how it transpired. If not, take some time to read through the book of Esther. He ordered his first wife to do something she was not comfortable with. Many believe that he ordered her to show up just in her crown and naked. Whatever it was, she was not comfortable with it. So he had her banished while he went on search for a young virgin wife. This is where Esther comes into the picture. She was Jewish, which meant both a minority, but also just as moral as Vashti, who had been banished for her godly stand. Keep in mind that Vashti, that first wife, that she was the great-granddaughter of King Nebuchadnezzar, And she was the daughter of King Belshazzar, both of whom God had ministered to through Daniel. So you remember the story of their turnarounds and how how God used Daniel to reach them. So imagine this is, again, King Nebuchadnezzar's um, great-granddaughter, and she's King Belshazzar's daughter. Here she is making a moral stand and her husband banishes her. Much of that you can read it is very prideful. Very, I, I can only imagine the scene, how really sad it was. But here is where Esther rises into her plan A. Oh yeah, this is her plan A. God calls her to do a very scary thing and use her position to save her people from utter destruction. You probably remember her uncle Mordecai and his exhortation to her. You remember also her response. Her response was, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. Now, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. This is one of my favorite, favorite passages of the Bible. And he says, do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather all of the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days and nights, night and day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. If I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. You know the end of this story. Even though she was terrified, she faithfully stood for God and her people. And just like Esther, you and I are here for such a time as this. 
Even if it were to demand your entire life, my friend, you are called to set captives free, to stand in the gap for those who need you, to use your position for their protection, and faithfully stand for God and His people. It's your plan A. So today, my challenge to you is for you to rise up. I challenge you to embrace your calling and your life purpose. I challenge you to dare to prepare. I challenge you to step into the hard things. They won't be hard with God there all along the way with you. I challenge you to say yes to his plan A for you. Yes. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this message. And I thank you that you have plan A for us. Plan A, you have not changed your mind, Lord. You have not gone back and said, oops, I didn't have all the intel on this one. And I'm going to back out. Nope, you had all the intel. You knew everything. You know every decision we've made. You've known every word we've said. You've known every action we've taken. You know everything we haven't done that we were supposed to do. And yet you have not changed your mind. God, that means so much to us. I I just feel like that there's someone listening today that that means so much because they've been afraid that you would change your mind. And God, I praise you that you don't ever change your mind. Lord, that when you look down through history, you saw us and you take great delight in watching us live out everything that you knew we were going to live out. And I believe today that someone needs to know that you've not skipped over them, that your their, that plan A is still held out before them. And so, God, I just thank you. I thank you that you look at us and you see everything about us, and yet you choose us. That's so beautiful, Lord, and I just thank you for that. And I ask you today to just empower each and every one of us to be able to take those bold, daring steps, to to step out in those areas where we don't see a way, Lord. I just see right now someone's up against their their own um, Red Sea, and Lord, I just see them being afraid that they can't cross over to the other side. They have a lot of want to, and they even may see things that are right now pressing in on them, but taking that step, they don't know how they're going to get to the other side. They don't know how they're going to make it through this. They don't know how to get around this obstacle that stands in front of them. And yet, Lord, I hear you saying that just as you parted the way for the children of Israel and you got them to the other side and it was on dry ground once they stepped into the water. I hear you saying for someone today to just dare to step into the water. Just step out. Just step out into that space. Because when they do... That faith is going to open up the way and then they're going to be able to take the steps that are needed to get to the other side. God, I praise you that you never go back on your word. Your word is true. It is reliable. It is never ending. It is always, always truth for us in our life, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face. And so, Lord, I ask you to just empower us and 
equip us to be able to take those steps that move into our plan A. And that we will do that with a boldness, knowing that you have prepared us perfectly. You have positioned us perfectly and you're going to empower us perfectly. God, I just thank you so much that you are with us. You're not leaving us just to do this by ourselves. But Lord, you are with us as we take these steps. Lord, I praise you. I lift you on high. Thank you so much for doing everything that's necessary to bring us hope, to bring us healing, to bring us a future. Lord, I thank you. These are not just words for Jeremiah or or for Esther, or for Moses, or for any of the other men or women in the Bible. These are words for us just as much as for them. And Lord, I thank you for this. You're so wonderful, and we just give you all the glory for everything. When this plan A is complete, Lord, (laughs) we know we just want to give you all of the glory. And we want to lay every one of our crowns down at your feet. You're such a good God. And thank you that you love us, that you've chosen to make us your beloved children. I just praise you for that. And I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you guys, thanks for joining me today. I hope that this is a word of encouragement that's right on time for you. If you want some more encouragement, man, we've got all of our shows. Look them up. You can find them at thecindyrushtonshow.com, or you can find them at any of your favorite podcast places. Just be sure to check us out. Search for The Cindy Rushton Show. Follow us. Subscribe. Give us some love. If you leave a comment or you leave a rating for us, that's that helps us to grow as a show. So today, could you just hop in and maybe leave a little feedback for us? Also, if you want to connect with me, I'm on all your social media. In fact, we have a page just for The Cindy Rushton Show right on Facebook. Yeah. And so I would love to invite you to just connect with me. Um, You can find me at Cindy Rushton at all of the social media that's out there. And just connect. Drop me a message. Let me know how this is ministering to you in your everyday. And if you have any questions, why not drop me a line and ask your questions? You can go to CindyRushton.com and under the contact page, on the contact page, you can find many ways to get in touch with me as well as contacting me through social media. So let's get connected. And of course, I look forward to seeing you next week for our very next show. Ah. And that's a wrap for the Cindy Rushton Show. We will be back next week for another awesome show. If you can't wait until then, check out other great episodes and our show notes online at our website, cindyrushton.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our show at any of your favorite podcast services so you don't miss even one episode. 